All right, and for the rest of us, we continue in the series, What Would Jesus Undo? We're doing a takeoff on the phrase, what would Jesus do? A great question to ask, what would Jesus do? But that's not what we're focused on. We're focusing on what would Jesus undo? It's good to be back. We're in week three. I've been away, so I was kind of catching up with Doug and with Matt and watching the videos online, and already by today, I, so Doug, did you settle on apathy as that first title, or was it indifference? And he says, I don't care. (laughs) What was really funny is it took me a minute to get it. It's like, oh, that's funny. And then uh, I looked at uh, Matt's message on undoing hollow worship. Both of them did a great job. I appreciate that very, very much. So today we're looking at what would Jesus undo, and the topic is hypocrisy. This is a hard-hitting message because Jesus was not easy on hypocrisy. He was harsh, and we're going to ask the question, why? Why is he so harsh here? And so this is an interesting one, hypocrisy. So let's start with a definition of hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is being a pretender or a fake. The word in English, hypocrisy, comes from the Greek term hypocrites, which was used starting at around 500 BC when the Greek theater called the actors hypocrites. That was the term for the actor. It wasn't because of what we think of hypocrisy. It was wearing these masks as they were acting, and that was their title. A Hippocrates. And so they would wear these different masks when they're acting the part that wasn't them. That's what acting is. And so later on in history, the term for these actors was used to describe a very dangerous thing in a person's life when you're faking it, when you're pretending to be better than you are. So the definition that we are using that Jesus started using over and over and over again, woe to you hypocrites, he would say, uh, is the pretender or the fake. To get at this a little bit, I'm going to share with you a few phrases to kind of identify what hypocrisy is and what hypocrisy isn't. So on the screen, hypocrisy is not the inconsistency between what we do and what we wish we did. Let me explain that a little bit. So if If you're struggling and you wish that you actually weren't struggling, that's not hypocrisy. If you're going through life, you go to church, you worship, you love God, you go home, you stumble, you fail. If you wish you didn't fail, that's not hypocrisy. That's just sin. That's the sin nature. That's the flesh inside of us that causes us to stumble and falter. Welcome to Verde Valley Christian Church. We are a church that invites everybody to take steps from wherever they are to where God wants us to be. And so I am a fellow traveler with you. I haven't arrived, and you haven't either. The hypocrite acts like, I've arrived, and they're faking it. And there's a huge difference there in approach. So the hypocrisy is the gap between what we show and who we really are. That's the difference. So in other words, if you did something and you wish you didn't, you're feeling regret and remorse about not doing it the way you'd like to do it. The hypocrite, though, is hiding what they do. They like doing it. They just don't want anybody to know. 
they don't regret doing it. They actually can't wait to get back to doing this hidden, secret, not aware of everybody else knowing thing. They don't wish they could quit. They hide that part away all they can. They present the best of themselves they can. And we're going to talk about how it goes even beyond that. They believe their show. They believe they are the show, the pretended person that they start to show others and tucked away the hidden part. And so it's a very dangerous practice. So in a sense, you could say hypocrisy is two-faced. <clears throat> so hypocrisy has two faces. Actually, you can have more than two faces. I'm going to show you three faces just in a moment. And so these Greek actors, when they acted on the Greek theater, um, they introduced this concept of wearing a mask. Now, I didn't spend a lot of money on masks. This is a paper plate <laughs> that I cut out to make the angry face, and I cut out a paper plate to make the creepy, smiley face. So we got the angry face, hypocrite, and the creepy, smiley face, hypocrite, but that's only two faces, but really there's a third face, right? It's the face that is the real face behind the mask. And so let's just talk this through a little bit. I discovered something in first service. When you're wearing a mask, it's harder to see. <laughs> there's a parable there. All right. So, the angry face, I'll make sure this is the angry face. This is the angry face. The angry face mask hypocrite says, you sinner, you need to stop this. You need to shape up or ship out. But you take away the mask, if you really see the real person, that person who seems so better than you, righteous, condemning you for what you're doing, is actually doing worse in a hidden way. That's hypocrisy. The angry-faced hypocrite, often hidden away in religious communities where they present their best show and they're condemning other people who haven't really achieved or arrived at the religious show that the angry hypocrite shows. I don't know. I think that's the one that Jesus addresses most often in the religious elite crowd that we read about in the Gospels. But there's another face that's pretty common. It's the creepy, smiley face. And it might go like this. Praise the Lord, brother. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So great to see you. <laughs> I don't hear that much around here. Praise God. Because doesn't it kind of sound like it's not English? It kind of sounds like it's a whole different culture. It's like a little bit creepy, you know. I don't mean to sound condemning if that's the culture you come out of, but I think we need to be careful about this because here's what often happens. You hear that, praise the Lord, brother, hallelujah, glory to God, so great to see you. But really, they put on the mask as soon as they came out of the car. The whole time they're on the way to church, they were angry and fighting, yelling at their kids, and, and as soon as they shut the door, it's like, hello, everybody. It's so great to see, hallelujah, and it just is plastic, and it's a little creepy. Yes, we all need to love and accept and forgive each other and build each other up. Did you see what she wore in church today? <laughs> oh, bless her heart, she's such a lovely gal. That I can't believe she actually wore that thing, right? That kind of thing is what Jesus is ready to undo. So, you tell your spouse, I love you, honey. Then you go to work and flirt. She doesn't know it. That's hypocrisy, right? 
You're putting the show of who you are, but really, you're someone else at work, right? You present the perfect marriage. You come to church and you stand together and you slide your arm around your wife and you worship there and she wants to move away. Because really at home, you're never like this. And that's hypocrisy, right? And it's a little ugly. You look and sound a certain way at church. You look and sound completely different at work or at school. That's hypocrisy. You sound like you have your act all together, yet you're hiding your secret sins or addictions. See, Jesus is okay with expressing, confessing the reality. He's not okay with pretending and the fake and the show. And so we're going to run into his harsh statements. I would encourage you to read all of Matthew chapter 23 on your own sometime. We're going to pick out just a few because the seven woes that Jesus blasts away. He says things in here, if you haven't read this, he says things in here that you would think, I never knew Jesus said that. I never knew he was ever so harsh, so mean, but he was. And we're going to try to figure out why is he so harsh and so mean to the sin of hypocrisy. So here we go. Now, I need your help on this. I've highlighted and underlined some words. Those are the words I want you to read with confidence and boldness and help me read it for emphasis and grab a hold of this. Those are your words. Read them loudly as I read through this. Ready? Matthew 23, 27. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you... You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Good job. So... We want to get a hold of the concepts. There's a contrast between the outside and the inside, between the visible and the invisible, between what you know and what others see and what you want to present and what you don't want to present. And Jesus is exposing the inside and he's also exposing the masks. He's lifting the mask and highlighting the mask. That's just a mask. And he's exposing the inside. And he really took pains to do this with what the culture of his day considered the most religious elite. I can't believe he said that about them. But he was so frustrated at what they were doing to people. And we're going to talk that through a little bit. In fact, he said, in the next verse, 23:33, Matthew, you snakes, you brood of vipers, how will you escape being condemned to hell? And we don't usually think of the very kind and very loving Jesus saying words as harsh and as pointed and as slicing and as cutting as this, but we need to figure out why. So it leads us to point number two. Why? Why is Jesus so harsh toward the sin of hypocrisy? 
Now, simple answer is this, because the sin of hypocrisy really hurts others, and it really hurts you. And so we kind of need to talk this through. How does it really hurt others, and how does it really hurt you? What is Jesus doing here? Um, Brennan Manning said this about hypocrisy. The single greatest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians, who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, then walk out the door and deny him with their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. That kind of hypocrisy is driving people away from God. If that's what it means to follow Jesus, I want to have nothing to do with it. And there's truth there. It's a very deadly thing that begins to, where people start to believe their own show about themselves and think of themselves as having arrived. They've got it, and they're better than everybody else. Whereas the gospel, and Paul telling us about the gospel says, you're to consider yourself not better than everybody else, but to treat other people as if they're better than you. Because you see the real you. And so serve others and treat them as if they're more important than you, which is the flip side, the Jesus approach, serving others, loving others, treating them as, as if they're honor of your humble service is the approach of really following Jesus. And yet followers of Jesus have got this wrong. Now, here's how they got it wrong. This is how it can hurt you. uh, Luke chapter 12, verse 1, Jesus began to speak first to his disciples saying, be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. So he called this sin of hypocrisy yeast. And this yeast, you got to watch out for it. You got to be on guard for it because when other people act this way towards you and you think that you need to measure up to what they're asking you to measure up to on the outside, you're going to get bit by this yeast. And this yeast, like yeast and bread, is going to start leavening everything inside of you to where you become just like them, where you're busy presenting the outside show to be pleasing to people and people pleasing instead of pleasing God who sees everything. You start pleasing people who can only see the show. So you present your image-managed self the best you can to present the best show that you can, hiding everything hidden, and you begin to believe your show. And that's where the problem is. When you start being self-deceived and you actually think, you know, I'm doing pretty good at this. I can now do this, and I can now do this, and I've done this, and I've done this, and I'm, I'm, I've arrived. And Jesus said, hmm, I'm looking right through you. And really, it's pretty easy to look through these and see that it isn't real. And yet, when you've been bitten by the yeast, you can't see that you are a hypocrite. And so, Jesus does a lot of teaching here. Here's a few phrases and words that I cobbled together to help get a hold of this. Our efforts to present our outward show of goodness can deceive us. We tend to believe our own show. Jesus exposes the mask and what is under the mask. He exposes these. This is what's going on right now. You're just showing outwardly. You're trying to please people. You're trying to get people to see a you that isn't really even the real you. It's an imaginary you. 
And let me show you the real you. Here's what's really going on inside, and that's a lot darker, isn't it? And he's exposing all of that. Pretended goodness is the enemy of true goodness. Pretended goodness is the opposite of true goodness. Pretended goodness is based on self-centered pride, which is the original sin and actually is the root of all sin. And so this thing is dangerous and we, when we're self-deceived, we can't even see how dangerous it is. We start believing we're doing good. We're doing good. Look at me. And we're in trouble. Now, this is why when Jesus came and began to express his way of following God, that it was so backwards. It was so opposite of what the religious people in his day thought. It was upside down. They didn't get it. Here's how he began his kingdom manifesto. You can read it in the Sermon on the Mount. This is how his Sermon on the Mount began. Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. That was countercultural truth. Blessed are the spiritually bankrupt, the poor in spirit. What are you talking about? Their thinking was, no, no, the patriarchs, they're the mighty in spirit. The Pharisees, they've memorized and studied and know all the scriptures. They're the mighty in spirit. And Jesus says, no, if you think that's how you enter in by achieving all this knowledge and mighty stuff spiritually and you think you've arrived, you can't even start from there. You have to start from, I don't have it. I'm messed up. I need a savior. Jesus says, blessed are you if you see yourself that way. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Then he says, blessed are those who mourn. We don't think that way. We think blessed are those who are happy. Blessed are those who rejoice. Blessed are those who have arrived and feel great about life. They're on top of it. They're conquered it. And Jesus says, no. Blessed are you when you finally see that you're a mess and you admit that you're a mess and you actually are sad about your mess. Don't pretend that you're not a mess and not be sad about your life when you are a mess. Be sad about the mess. Mourn the mess. Now there's hope for you. And come to me, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Those who think they've achieved it, they're not hungry for it. They think they've got it. And so he says all of these things just to start us off on the right path. The hypocrites were going 180 degrees in the wrong direction. I am climbing the ladder of of religious achievement, and everybody looks at me and thinks that I'm awesome, and I'm doing it. I'm really doing it. And Jesus says, here's a Real careful translation. (laughs) He hates it because it's such a lie. Point number three. There is hope for the hypocrite. There is hope for the hypocrite. Here we go. 
Matthew 23, 25 through 26, that same woe is you section. He says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. The next verse, though, it's underlined in bold. That's your part. So ready? Here we go. Blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will be clean. You read that better than me. All right, then the outside also will be clean. So look at that again. Where are, to you, where are you to focus your energy? On the inside. Stop focusing your energy to the neglect of the inside. If you want hope, if you want help, stop this. Stop it. Start looking in here and start Exposing your reality in confession to God. Be spiritually bankrupt and okay to express that to God. Because then you can enter into the kingdom based on what he enters in. Here's the thing about light. Light displaces darkness. And when you invite Jesus Christ into your life, Resurrection life enters in. It begins to displace the darkness and change you from the inside out. If pride causes you to put on a show, you close yourself off by that pride and darkness has a heyday inside. Expose it and light can get in and you find victory and changes and shifts. Why was Jesus so harsh to the sin of hypocrisy? It ruins you. And it's yeast that will take you from being the baby bird that says more, 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 being the flower that goes, I need the sun, to being Somebody who is, I'm climbing, I'm achieving, I'm getting the approval, I've arrived, and it cuts yourself off from the light. When you're honest, I need more, I'm a mess, more grace, more forgiveness, more love, more of you, the light begins to displace the darkness inside, and the shift takes place that you can't even explain as an effort, it comes from Jesus. First, clean the inside of the cup and dish, and the outside will be clean also. So it starts to be the kind of this unconscious thing that takes place. More, more, more. You are so good. You are so beautiful. And it used to be that you didn't think of it that way, and you put on your anger face, there's so much sin and ugliness in you. There's so much sin and ugliness in our marriage. There's so much sin and ugliness everywhere. I see it on the news. I see it everywhere. Darkness. But when you're looking to the light, beauty, beauty, beauty starts to transform what you see. And you see beauty in your spouse. You see beauty in the unredeemed person who is still in the image of God, loved, an eternal being that has so much potential. Beauty is there. And love which is displacing that angst starts to flow through and you're not even conscious of it. You actually care instead of pretend that you do. 
And it's a beautiful thing. On the screen is what I'm trying to describe to you in a few short words. Don't try to close the goodness gap with an outward show. Pursue Jesus until he shows through from the inside out. Would you stand with me? I'm going to ask you to say what I just said because I want this to kind of settle down and sink in. Would you say this again? Don't try to close the goodness gap with an outward show. Pursue Jesus until he shows through from the inside out. This is an upside down truth that it's hard for us to get a hold of. We want to try harder to be better. We want to try harder to be approved by the people around us. We want people to think we're good people. And there's nothing wrong with smiling and being kind on the outside. But do not try to neglect the inside. I'm going to probe a little bit here. Before I do, I'm going to expose a little bit here. Sit, sit down because I'm going to do this for a little bit. I have this incredible opportunity on a platform like this to present myself. There's a temptation here as well as an opportunity here. As I present myself, I try to present myself in a real way because I know deep down that if I present myself in a fake way and always present the good side and the plastic side that there's going to be a wedge that drives right down between me and my family because they know me. So the presentation needs to be more real. And so I was kicked in the pants by God. I'm going to tell you more about that next week to be more real. And so I, I will try to from week to week, not every time, just however God leads me to expose the flaws in me. Now, here's the hard part about that. Before I get to the hard part, here's the easy part about that. I have a lot of them. <laughs> and what's funny about my flaws is that some flaws are really easy for you to see, and they're hard for me to see. And some flaws are really easy for me to see, and they're hard for you to see. The flaws that are really easy for me to see, they're the ones that I want to hide. And they're the ones that I don't want to expose. And the flaws that you see, that I don't see, oh, it hurts when I learn about these. I didn't know I had that. I do. They're blind spots. There are tons of them. Weaknesses. The way I interact with people. My preoccupations. How I don't see you eye to eye and I'm somewhere else. I'm, something's going on. And that's just something I'm working on. This, in a sense all by itself as a platform and it's neutral. What I do with it can be good or it can be really, really bad. You have many, many platforms and where are you tempted? Let me just talk about one that's neutral, social media. Are you tempted to do the show, the pretend you, the image managed you that is always pretend, always show, never real. It's so common. 
And if that's your temptation, what can you do about that? How can you be more real? Because being real, for me, here's what I think happens. I'm tempted to, here what is what I want. I want you to see the untarnished hero pastor, right? What is that inside of me that wants to show that to you? Pride. And it's very, very dangerous. And I know that it doesn't work because you see this isn't real and it's a turnoff. And so I have to work at being real, being weak in front of you, talking about how this is what God is doing. This is the changes that I'm making. And when that happens, if you're seeing a real face, it's kind of like you're seeing the light inside of me shining right through the cracks. And that brings hope. Do you know why? I am not pointing you to my face. I'm pointing you to the face of God. I'm pointing you to the face of Jesus. And he is our answer. He's the answer to my fears. He's the answer to my stress. He's the answer to how I deal with my fears and stress in all the wrong ways. And I'm a man of faith. And I'm doing all the worries and all the stuff the wrong ways. He's my answer. And so to say, I worry. I stress. I can't figure out how to fix this. Just to say that is saying, Jesus is the answer, not me. You can say that kind of thing too. On your platforms, in your conversations, in your being real. And when you do, when you're real, even when you flop and you say, I'm sorry, there's something that knits a heart to you because they're seeing something in you that's real and they want it too. Don't try to close the goodness gap with an outward show. Pursue Jesus until he shows through from the inside out. All right, stand back up again. If that felt a little bad to you, let me just suggest to you that that's a little good. That if you go, hmm, I do that. I know. I do too. It's good that we go, hmm, I need to work on this. Let's do Let's point people to Jesus' face. Here's a prayer. I want us to read it out loud together. I know you haven't read it yet, because I'm going to let you process it right after we read it, and I want you to pray with these words as a help and a prompt to get you to be praying. Ready? Let's read it. Dear God, I can't surprise you with my confession. You know me better than I do. And so I take off my mask before you and confess, I'm a mess. I need your grace and mercy. I want more than an outward show. Lord Jesus, I want to pursue you until you show through. Thank you for making this possible. Amen. Take a moment or two and just open your heart between you and God, privately and quietly. Let that lead you to pray what you need to pray, what it is the mess, what it is you need to dump out, what it is that you need to confess, what it is that he's leading you to step out and change. Step out and do. Pray for a moment.
God, you are hearing all of these confessions, all of these questions, all of these thoughts, all converging. You are able to sort them out, respond to each of us with individualized love and care. We thank you for your awesomeness, pursuing us and loving us and running after us. Wash us clean. Fill us with light. Love you. Displace the darkness. Help us to have the courage to become more real, even as we're becoming real with you, confessing to you, exposing our sin to you. Thank you for forgiving us, loving us, accepting us. In Jesus, it's in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you for coming today. Next week, we're going to hit the topic that Jesus wants to undo, and maybe it's the biggest one yet. It's the root, how to undo spiritual pride. So I hope to see you back next week. Those of you who came with a burden, don't go away with a burden. There's a prayer team to the right of the stage. Have them pray for you, whatever that might be about. Uh, a friend, you, whatever it is, go get prayer. Thank you for coming. See you next week. <laughs>